As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to the Earth Keepers podcast and happy October. It's officially spooky season. And you're going to hear over and over the next few weeks about how thin the veil is, meaning the line between our dimension and the spirit dimension begins to blur. This belief goes back over 2,000 years to the Celtic people who lived in primarily what's now the United Kingdom, Ireland, and Northern France. They celebrated the new year on November 1st, marking the end of summer and the harvest and the start to the long, dark winter months, which was also associated with human death. So on the night before the new year, October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, when it was believed the ghosts of the dead came back to the earth. As the Romans conquered Celtic lands, though, traditional celebrations were replaced by church-sanctioned holidays, the bonfires, costumes, and fortune-telling of Samhain remained, along with the long-standing tradition of connecting with the dead. I don't know if the ancient Celts were fearful of the dead, but I doubt it. Most likely, they were much more fearful of running out of food during the long winter months than they were of connecting with their ancestors. This was the time of year to remember their dead fondly by setting places for them at the table and lighting candles to help them find their way back to the spirit world. Fear of ghosts or anything on the other side has definitely been stoked by the church for centuries. The Catholic Church in particular teaches that the devil is a very real entity, not just a personification of evil. And if you are baptized in the church, it is your job to reject the devil and his empty promises. The church also says that All forms of divination are to be rejected and considered working with the devil, including astrology and clairvoyance. So what happens when you're raised your entire life with these beliefs or some version of them? And then you begin experiencing any kind of spontaneous metaphysical or psychic gift. You're absolutely terrified and it will 100% influence the experiences you have working in the spirit world. In fact, this is the place so many people get stuck on their spiritual journey, in fear. They'll dip their toe in, but they're too afraid to go any further. And that is totally understandable, especially if when you do dip your toe in, you legitimately have an experience that scares you. So in honor of spooky season, we're going to talk about fear today, because For all of the chat I see out there on the internet and social media about the underworld, dark energy, scary monsters, there doesn't seem to be much about what those things actually are and why you don't need to be afraid. The real magic on your spiritual journey is found on the other side of your fear, 
So we're going to take the masks off the scary monsters and deal with them today. But first, let me start with a story. Last fall, something unusual happened to someone taking my Earth Tenders Academy course. A very specific house came to her in her dreams. And it was one of those dreams that you just know isn't really a dream. So she shared the details of the dream in our Facebook group to see if anyone recognized it as their house. What she remembered from the dream was that the energy of the house felt dense with very active spirits. It was in the process of emptying, and she was helping to carry things out of it in her dream. The house didn't want to be cleared. It was growing its energy and wanted to consume the inhabitants. It also had an older female spirit who was a caretaker. And the whole vibe she experienced was very much like the upside down from the show Stranger Things. By the time I saw the post an hour or so later, a few people had commented that it could be their house, but nobody was completely sure. My very first intuitive hit was that it was Christine's house. Christine also thought the description matched her house because she and her husband were in the process of moving out of a rental house that had a significant amount of spirit energy and was actually making them feel unwell. But when I just casually asked spirit if that was the case, I was told no. In fact, I was told no for every single house that had been mentioned. So I tuned more deeply into the energy of the house. And whoa, the upside down feeling was no joke. I could see rippling waves of dense energy and the house was appearing to me not quite in its current form. It actually felt like I was walking underwater. I asked my guides how someone would know this was their house and was told the consuming feeling. Yeah, it did not feel pleasant. In fact, I started getting a pain in my abdomen while I was tuned into the energy there. I decided that I should sit down and formally journey to the energy of this house to get a little more information because I was starting to get suspicious that there was a spirit that was trying to keep me away by just telling me that none of the houses was the right house. The timing of this was very curious because in the first week of the Earth Tenders Academy, we work on clearing and protecting not only just your personal energy, but also the energy of your home. Everyone in the course had been calling in guardian spirits to clear out any earthbound spirits and energetically protect the places they lived. So it seemed like there was an energy somewhere that really didn't want to leave. So I sat down with a piece of paper, applied some essential oils, put my protective bubble around my energy, and specifically asked for a spirit connected to source energy who would come speak to me about this house. A bear showed up, and the bear confirmed what we had already suspected. It was Christine's house, and there was some crazy stuff going on there. In fact, it was kind of like something you'd see on TV. The house itself looked like a ghost, kind of wavy and transparent. I was told that the house was actually in another dimension and no longer existing on this plane. There was a network of tunnels under the house left over from the California gold rush, and there was some darker energy hiding down there. At first, I was told we had to just let the energy of the area swallow the house up. It was almost gone already and had been nearly consumed by the energy. Ah, yes, that's where the consuming feeling was coming from. Just let it go, I was told. Now, 
This is a really great lesson if you do healing work with the land. I always respect the wishes of the spirits of the land, especially when it comes to doing healing work or not doing healing work in a particular place. And I teach all about this in the Earth Tenders Academy. It's not our job to show up somewhere as humans, decide the energy doesn't feel good, and swoop in to save it. No, we are just one of many energies coexisting together with the land. Sometimes the spirits present are already handling the healing work, and they don't want us to interfere. Sometimes the energy in a place is resting for some very good reasons. So don't be an irresponsible human that thinks your way is the best way. It's one of the reasons many of the spirits of the land are leery about us in the first place. But here's what does happen sometimes and was happening with this house that was being consumed. I had to get very specific about who I was directing my questions to because I could see this thing. It was a giant dark worm weaving its way through a huge network of tunnels beneath thousands and thousands of homes, totally like Stranger Things. And it was not sitting well with me to just leave it and let it go. So the first thing I did was set a very specific intention that I was only directing my questions to the keeper of the land, the bear. No other energies were allowed to answer my questions. That way, I knew I was hearing the true wishes of the spirits of the land present there. Once I made that clarification, I continued asking questions. What should we do about this? No answer. What kind of healing is needed? No answer. Who needs to do this healing work? Aha, that was the magic question. Because working in shamanic journey with spirits is often about getting your question correct, which is why I continued asking questions even though I wasn't initially hearing any answers. And the answer to my question about who needed to do the healing work was Christine. Christine was the one who had to do the work. And I think the spirits were nervous that if they told me what needed to be done up front, I would just do it myself. But they wanted Christine to do it to help her understand her own abilities and remove some of her fear around doing this work. And as soon as I wrote down that message, everything else very quickly tumbled out. The keeper of the land was happy to tell me what needed to be done, so long as I was going to pass it along to Christine. But before we got into the details of how to clear this icky worm thing out, I stopped to ask why it had gone to visit someone else in their dreams. As it turned out, the energy hadn't gone anywhere. Spirit explained to me that the person who dreamed about the house was simply able to tap into the energy field where the house exists. So it had happened somewhat spontaneously. When I mentioned this to the person who had the dream, she kind of shrugged and said, yeah, that makes sense. And the reason it made sense for this other person was that she was able to tap into this energy is that she pretty much had a complete lack of fear of the spirit world. In fact, I've joked with her that her energy feels to me like she battled something big and ugly in some past life and is now like, come at me, bro. Now, not everyone is going to have this attitude, me included. I prefer to think of myself as wearing a cloak of invisibility when doing this kind of work. But regardless, what the two of us have in common is that we aren't fearful of what we might see or interact with in spirit. And as a result, we don't tend to attract scary experiences. Do we see things not connected to source energy? Yes. Do some of those things look strange or creepy or dark? Yes. Do we worry about them coming to get us in our sleep? No. 
and so they don't. It's the difference between seeing or being aware of the dark worm-like thing and being afraid of it. So are dark energies even real? I mean, yeah, they're real, but what they are are real thought forms. You see, every thought and emotion that's ever existed on Earth is still here, floating around in the atmosphere. Any one of us can tap into these thoughts at any time, if we want to, but they're just that, ideas and feelings floating around. They're not attached to anything. You and I and everyone else in a body on Earth are attached to something, source energy, and we have free will. However, think about the fear that has been stoked in humans about anything not of the light. That energy of fear is incredibly powerful. Multiply it by millions of people in thousands of years, and we're literally swimming in these thought forms that have been created. They're everywhere. So when we step into another energetic plane, already holding one of these thought forms or fears somewhere in our body, it draws more of the same to us. Fear creates more fear. If you are scared, you will have scary experiences, which will reinforce your fear. It's a vicious cycle. These thought forms are real, but they don't have any power over you unless you believe that they do. The universe not only honors our free will, but it also honors our belief systems. And sadly, many religions over many generations have instilled much more fear in our hearts than love even if you didn't grow up with specific teachings telling you to be afraid of the other side. If you've experimented at all with working in spirit and saw something you didn't understand, it's likely that it scared you and you just shut everything down, especially if you were a child when it happened. But what you saw might have just been a frightened earthbound spirit who needed some help. Or it might have been a spirit guide that wasn't the beautiful, angelic light being you expected to be your spirit guide. I mean... When a Bigfoot showed up as a guide for me, I was like, what the hell are you? And my guide admitted that she was worried she would scare me and took a long time to show herself as she really is. Because there used to be things that scared me too. And it's been part of my journey to learn that the fear itself is far more frightening than anything you'll actually see or experience. So if you have some fear around working in spirit, I would encourage you to look back at any scary experiences you've had and try to pick apart your fear just a little bit. Were you scared because you didn't expect to see something and you did? Were you scared because someone else in your life told you that it was dangerous to interact with spirits and you were suddenly worried they might be right? Or did you see something that was genuinely frightening? If so, I encourage you to challenge those spirits in the future to take their masks off and show you who they really are. They'll probably disappear immediately and go find someone else to scare when they realize it's not working on you. I will say that if it seems like you have a specific spirit attached to you or a family member that makes itself known again and again, it's likely an attachment spirit that's feeding off your energy and you're going to want to remove that. It's not healthy for you and it's draining your energy in order to stay on the earth plane. You don't need to be scared of it, but you do need to remove it. Okay, now let's go back to the Stranger Things house. Once I agreed to pass along the details to Christine to do the work, Spirit showed her to me like Nancy on the show. She looked small, but she had the ability to kick some serious butt. And if you've seen the show, you know 
Nancy is not afraid. The keeper of the land wanted Christine to imagine herself on the street facing the house and to hold her personal space and boundaries, knowing that she's safe to do this work. She was to call in the guardians for this property and send them into the tunnels to find this worm-like thing. The bear explained to me that when she sent them on a cleanup mission the first time, they knew to scoop up all of the earthbound spirits, but they weren't aware of this other entity, so they didn't look for it. Once they found it, they were to hand it over to Archangel Michael to deal with. Because frankly, it's not our job as humans to decide what is to be done with these kinds of energies or thought forms. Once the worm was gone, she could blast the tunnels with light, filling up every nook and cranny and sealing the entrance points between the tunnels and this plane. Then she was to talk with the older lady caretaker of the home. The bear told me that she'd been doing her best trying to control the energy flow into the house, but wasn't really doing a good job and it was time for her to go. In fact, the guardians were to do another sweep of the house and land and everybody had to go so that the energy of the home could be restored. And finally, she was to ask what she could specifically do to hold the energy of this place moving forward since she was moving out. When I relayed this information to Christine, she was a little nervous, but she was also anxious to help clean things up for this home. She said that, in fact, part of why they were moving out was because of how challenging the energy felt to live there. She did feel like she was in another dimension every time she came back home. Things didn't make sense. She would often get confused, and there were a ton of spirits coming and going through the house. So that evening, she went back over to the house and began receiving messages before she'd even arrived. There were some specific and unusual stones she was aware of on the property, and her guides asked her to place them in particular locations to help close the portals and seal the energy. She did some physical cleanup of the property and made an offering and then began to follow the instructions the bear had given me. The two large guardian spirits went to work locating the worm, who, as you might imagine, did not want to be dislodged. She said that it kind of kept going slime-like and liquid when the guardians tried to grab it. But ultimately, they got a handle on it and sent it to Archangel Michael. She and her guides filled all of the tunnels and portals with light, kind of like the foam insulation that expands to fill all of the spaces. Then the guardians did another sweep to make sure it was all clear. The caretaker lady really didn't want to leave. She felt responsible for this place, but... Christine was able to counsel her a bit and ultimately call forward her family, at which point she easily chose to transition back to source. Fairies then appeared to double-check every little spot in the home, and everyone worked together to restore the energy there. Because the guardian spirits are specific to you at the home you live in, they informed Christine that they would leave as soon as all of her possessions were removed from the home. But they were able to call in replacements who immediately arrived, but were going to stand in the shadows until it was time for them to take over. And if you want to know more about guardian spirits and how you can work with them at your home, listen to episode three, Spiritual Protection for You in Your Home. Later that night, Christine and her husband stayed in the house and both slept well the entire night for the first time in a very long time. As we were discussing the details the next day, she admitted that she had some fear about doing the work, but now sees that she completely has the ability to do it, and that furthermore, it was kind of fun. Yeah, not scary, fun, because each and every one of us are connected to source energy, which is far more vast and powerful than any other force in the universe. We've done this work before in our other lives. We know how to do it. We're strong enough to do it. 
and it desperately needs to be done. That worm thing, a dark thought form likely created from all of the energy of mining gold from the earth over 150 years ago, it spanned tunnels over hundreds of miles in every direction. It was affecting the land that thousands of people were still living on. And now it's gone. So every single time one of us faces our fears and does this work in service of the earth and humanity, our collective vibration and the vibration of the earth raises a little bit more. So face your fears. You are a powerful being of light who is being tapped on the shoulder to do this work. And I have no doubt you can do it. In fact, if you'd like to learn more about doing healing work with the earth, I would absolutely love to have you join me in the Earth Tenders Academy. I walk you step-by-step through how to offer your healing gifts to the land with pre-recorded lessons and guided meditations so you can explore and learn at your own pace. We have a supportive Facebook group where you can ask questions and share your experiences and connect with other earth tenders around the world. We also meet together live on Zoom once a month for Q&A and to practice our skills. You can learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy on my website at followinghawks.com. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you'll take some time in the month of October, while the veils are even thinner than they already are, to explore your fears, where they came from, and whether or not they're still serving a purpose. And I'll see you back here next week. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.